This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, the managing editor of Pop Sugar, And I'm Zareen Siddiqui, the director of audience development at Pop Sugar. And this week, we are going to be breaking down all things sex in the city from the long journey from when the show aired in 1998 to now in 2021, where we're getting news of a reboot. But before we get into all of that and the number one question, will this show survive without Samantha? We like to start each episode with a little segment, just catching up on the week and bringing up a thing that's still lingering in your mind or something that you watched, or some might even refer to as something that you're not over this week. So I see what you did there. Yeah. Zareen, talk to me. Um, So I watched The Sound of Metal this past week. And if you have not watched that movie, it uh, features Riz Ahmed, who's a very, very talented actor. Uh, He's a drummer that's going through hearing loss, but that's not the thing that I'm not over you might cry watching this movie, which I feel like is important to tell people. Isn't it every day we might cry in these times, of our, these days of our lives? <laughs> this is also true. But as usual, after watching this movie, because I thought it was so good, I Googled Riz Ahmed for like four hours afterwards. And I um, nice. also figured out that he's going to be in a movie that's being adapted um, from a novel from a, a Pakistani author, Mohsin Hamid, and it's casually being produced by the Obamas. That is casual. Which I was like, this is, I just feel like he doesn't get enough love and people don't talk about him anymore. And he was also on the cover of The Hollywood Reporter looking very good in a tan turtleneck, which if anyone else were, I think I would be very upset, but he's doing, he's doing a pretty good job with it. So I thought he was wearing like a maroon muscle tee. Was that a different cover? Well, he, he has various looks, but there is one oh, okay. specific like tan. He looks kind of nude because he's also brown. So it like very much matches his skin tone. It's it what? looks confusing because I was like he's not wearing a shirt, but I, his neck seems to be escaping. But that's not the picture you shared directly with all the editors at Pop Sugar in a Slack. No, channel. it is. That's interesting. Choice. No, it is. Well, that's a good one because I think that movie is going to keep coming up because it's getting award season contention. And speaking of movies, they're getting award season buzz. I also watched a movie this week. Congratulations! What do I win? I watched the movie Promising Young Woman, which. I know you also watched, but literally, I am not over it. I watched it last weekend. I paid $20 to see it, which is not something I normally do unless I'm seeing it in the theater. But uh, because this movie was getting so much hype and there were so many, like, don't spoil the movie. I was so worried that the movie was going to be spoiled for me that I was like, I'm just going to spend $20 on this. And I have no regrets about spending money on this. I don't either. It's a hard movie to describe. So I'm not going to spend that much time getting into it, but Carrie Mulligan is really great in it. It really like kind of blew my mind in a lot of different ways, particularly 
in the soundtrack and just the general genre of the film. So it's also a visually very pleasing movie. Yes. Cool set design, cool costume design. Um, A lot of like TV fan favorite actor cameos. Yeah. Yes. A lot of them. Also McLovin, who's not a TV fan favorite, but remember McLovin? Oh my God. Yeah. That's who that was. Oh my God. I watched that entire movie and I was like, where have I seen this guy before? Wow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, she's just really, really good in that movie. And I also really appreciated the soundtrack. And I love Bo Burnham in it, who I didn't really know from anything before. But I appreciate you telling me to watch that movie and spending the $20 because it was worth it. I agree. That's what we're here for. And next week, I'll tell you if I appreciate you telling me to watch Sound of Metal. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. You'll enjoy it. All right. Let's get into the main event. All right. The Sex and the City reboot, Serene. Break it down for us. So this show originally aired in 1998, as Becky pointed out. And it's been years since we've seen these women together. And the whole premise of the show was, of course, single women in their 30s thriving in New York City. Or not or not thriving, as the case may be. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it was a week-to-week situation with the thriving, I think. Okay, so what we know about this, I, I, hopefully most people are familiar with Sex and the City. Um, but what we know about the reboot is that the series is going to consist of 10 half-hour episodes. It's going to be back in New York City. So I assume the city is going to be another character as usual. You know what's funny? For some reason, I thought there were women all in their 20s. Um, I restarted Sex in the City, which is, I'm sure is a spoiler alert to nobody. But um, for some reason, I thought there were all women in their 20s. And now I'm realizing it's women in their 30s, and which makes much more sense as a woman that's 30. I'm like, yeah, how are they affording all to like live alone in New York City? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Miranda's a lawyer. I mean, there's still no way Carrie could afford literally anything that she was buying. No, yeah, she was like definitely robbing people. I don't know how she was affording anything um, off that salary, but it was a fun fact for me, I guess. I don't know. I didn't realize. We don't know too much about like what the premise of the show is going to be. I feel like there's more questions that we have to ask versus like answers unfortunately but they're fun questions to ask i would say we should talk about what it's called oh yes it's going to be called and just like that which is it's an oft-used line in carrie's column which was called sex in the city yes and or or, you know it's actually it's i don't remember if it was a oft-used line in her column or just like an oft-used line in the narration it was often the narration of how she would close out the episodes and just like that, Vivian Westwood kicked my sweet little suit's ass. And just like that, they all went to brunch at cafeteria for the 75th time. And just like that, one of us moved to Brooklyn and had a baby. Yeah. And just like that, we went to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the show has had like a long run from when it started in 1998 because then it ended in 2004 and it had a very, I thought, like, fitting nice ending and it was tied up with the bow but you know this was right around when we were like on the verge of everything needing a sequel or a movie version i feel like it also ended perfectly and i was very i did go watch the movie in the theater with my mom (laughs) no everyone did i mean you were sort of just like okay like that like i felt satisfied with the with the way it ended but we're kind of like okay cool like let's see what they're up to and then the first movie it wasn't that the movie was so bad. It was like so sad. It was very upsetting. 
I don't know. Like I've I've always hated big, but I also I don't think I've ever been like a big Carrie fan. To me, Samantha was always my favorite character because I think just because she was so outrageous. And I feel like in this movie, they just I don't know, they diluted Samantha's character completely <laughs> and they made Carrie just such a sad person, which I feel like that's not who she was in the show at all. Yes, she was chaotic and obsessed with Mr. Big, but I just felt like they made her into this. Well, it seemed like they were just trying to make it go for more realism of like, life doesn't always work out the way you wanted it to. And even this like carefree, free-spirited woman can have a depressive episode. And I don't know, it just was sort of- It was dark. Um, not really what anyone expected. But then they were like, okay, we hear you. We're going to make it up to you with Sex in the City 2, which came out two years later. And that movie was insane. No. Oh, my God. Also, that movie, imagine that movie being made in 2021. Like, just the most problematic, big yikes energy. I just, oh, my God. Everything about that movie was just awful. Yeah. So the whole, most of the movie takes place in Abu Dhabi. And the main through line of the movie that I remember was that, you know, once again, Carrie is questioning her relationship with Big. And then, of course, Aiden, her other main love interest, just happens to be in Abu Dhabi at the same time. And super believable. They like kind of go on a date, they kind of kiss. Then, like, I had forgotten about all the other subplots of this movie until I was just like reading the recap, specifically like the entire. Well, Samantha's having hot flashes throughout the whole movie. Racism. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Samantha's going through menopause, and um, Charlotte thinks that her nanny is um sleeping with her husband i to be honest in typical sex in the city fashion i forgot about miranda completely i don't even know what happens to her in that movie i know she's there i don't remember what happens to her either (laughs) she's there for miranda this is so she is in fact there and then at the end she finds a more laid-back job wait is this was this the movie where she cheats on steve no that was the first one that was the sad one because remember (laughs) carrie and Carrie and Miranda don't talk for a long time and she cheats on Steve and also it's because no 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 she doesn't cheat on Steve Steve cheats on her oh, and then sorry, um, sorry justice for man this is what I'm talking about no that was the whole the whole crux of that movie was Steve cheats on her and then the night before their wedding oh yeah uh, Miranda tells Mr. Big she's like don't, don't do it why does anyone get married you two are crazy to get married marriage ruins everything Mr. Big's like um, oh my god Get my limo and get me out of here. He's like, she's so right. I'm turning my back on everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. And then I just remember them having that argument in that restaurant during Valentine's Day with all those balloons, which I was like, this is so chaotic. I don't know why that scene like always stands out to me just because there's so many balloon strings while they're sitting. And then Sarah Jessica Parker's getting all upset. Like, why wouldn't you tell me that you told Big? And then that's when they, I guess, stop talking for months. The scene that most stands out to me from the first movie is when charlotte screams at big that i curse the day you were born <laughs> oh, which yeah. is a line i still use all the time because it's iconic i curse the day you were born so anyway the second movie came out this is in 2010 so it's been a minute. that's 10 years ago now and it, you know that movie was bizarre everyone was sort of like okay like you've run out of things to do here like we all watch this but like let's it's time to move on now and they still were like years later like we're back it's always been a trilogy. Oh, yeah. We got the third movie ready to go. And they had the script. And we were just kind of like, okay. Like, I was sort of, the, if they were going to keep giving it to me, I was going to watch it. But no part of me was like, 
I need this third movie. I need more of this. No. Well, I feel like the first two were just like, they're inching away at characters that you love and like ruining them. So you're like, please no more of this. Just leave it how it is. Right. So then the other through line um, throughout all this that ties us into the the new show um, is that there were rumors and headlines about Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha, and Sarah Jessica Parker, who plays Carrie, having a beef, like not getting along, like throughout every movie, anytime the movie was stalled, when something was wrong, it was like, oh, it's the beef. Like, it's because of this. But even like during the show, when they would do interviews, they would always be like, people never ask the cast of The Sopranos if they get along because they're men, but they're always asking us. So they would do that a lot, too, to like squash the beef. Right. Like people, people expect the cat fight. But, yeah. you know, fast forward to now, <laughs> they've announced this, you know, new reboot spinoff series, whatever you want to call it. But Kim Cattrall is not in it. So it's been a couple of years since we've thought about this beef. So the number one question on everyone's mind is, why isn't she in it? What's the problem? What happened? no one can remember so it's long and frankly like not a super thrilling back and forth between them in terms of what happened it was a lot of like kim cattrall wanted more money and maybe that was causing tension or you know they insisted that they were friends but not best friends but either way throughout the years both kim cattrall and sarah Jessica parker were constantly like i don't know where these rumors come from i don't know why this is happening until all of a sudden they weren't doing that anymore and Kim Cattrall went on Piers Morgan and straight up was like, I think Sarah Jessica Parker could have been nicer. I don't know what her issue is. And everyone was like, whoa, okay. And then in 2018, Kim Cattrall's brother passed away and Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, made statements in the press and on her Instagram, you know, offering condolences. And... Kim Cattrall just posted this Instagram graphic that said, I don't need your love or support at this tragic time at Sarah Jessica Parker. And then a whole caption about how Sarah Jessica Parker is a hypocrite and won't leave her alone and how cruel and horrible she was. So at that point, it was like all the cards are on the table and Kim Cattrall hates Sarah Jessica Parker. Also, Kim Cattrall posted this because her mom would stop asking her when Sarah Jessica Parker would leave her alone. Well, that's that's what I do. When my mom won't stop asking me something, I... I take it to Instagram. Yeah, so it's the only way to solve a problem. It's it sort of still seems like a beef of nothing to me. Like it it still feels like it's just two people that maybe just don't like each other and it's become larger than it is because of like media. But I don't I don't think either of these people really know why they don't like each other. It just seems like the story of taking a life of its own. Like, I, I don't think there's any specific thing. I mean, obviously we don't know these women, but it could be maybe uh, Sarah Jessica Parker pushed Kim Cattrall down a flight of stairs. I don't know. But it seems like there's nothing concrete here. Not. Well, the other thing is about um, why she's not in this reboot and everyone keeps saying it's because they hate each other. But Kim Cattrall has also said multiple times that she feels like she's done playing this character and she has lived this time in her life. and they've taken the character as far as they can go. And I feel like that's totally understandable and makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, she spent a large part of her career playing this character. So she's over it. She doesn't want to do it anymore. While we were kind of like looking up facts and stuff about this week's episode, I'd found this old article where us weekly asked Gilles Marini, who played like 
Samantha's hot neighbor in the first movie. <laughs> he was like full frontal yeah. naked, if I remember correctly. And I just thought it was funny that they asked his thoughts on why she wouldn't want to do the third film. And he's just like, one person wants to move forward. Enjoy, move forward. Let's ask literally anyone else in the cast about this. Well, they, of course, are like NDA sworn to secrecy. Yeah. So here's the question. How do you feel about this show coming back in whatever form it's going to be and whatever it's going to be about, but without Samantha being in it? Listen, I'm still going to watch the show. <laughs> I wish I I wish I was above it, but I'm not. Um, do I wish they would stop bringing the same characters back? Like, I think it would be better just to reboot it from the start and have a whole new cast and just do the same thing over again with new people, a more diverse cast, make it a little bit different, make it fit to 2021. But clearly they're not doing that. They're just bringing back the old characters. I don't think it's going to be the same without Samantha, just because she is a large part of the sex in Sex in the City. But again, they're no longer in their 30s. So I don't. they're going to be older. I don't know what to expect from it. I'm okay with it because I'll watch it, but I'm not like, wow, I'm so glad this is coming back. Like I, I've been wishing for this show to come back. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty much how I feel too. And I also just don't really know that I feel like I am dying to know still what happened to them. I mean, I would have preferred not to know that Carrie ever went to Abu Dhabi and everything else that happened there uh, because the show has ended three different times now where the, this story has ended three different times now. And I, I've never been left with like, Oh no, I, I need more. I need to know what happened. But I do think some of the humor is lost without Samantha, but it's also hard for me to even envision what this show is going to be about or what it's going to be like. Also the fact that both Miranda and Charlotte have teenage children. Oh. Like, is the show going to be about them having sex in the city? I mean, Charlotte's children are a little bit younger, but still like tween teenage and uh, you know, those city kids. <laughs> oh God. They're, they're exposed to so much. That's also true. I just don't know where they're going to take these characters. Like to the city. But they've been in the city. We already know. How much? To Brooklyn. How, oh, my God. Yeah. Only Williamsburg. That's the only place that's going to be acceptable. The rest of Brooklyn will still be gross to them. No, I mean, I think the show is not going to, dare I say, is not going to be that much about sex. Well, yeah. I mean, And that's why they're changing the name of it. Yeah. I guess that's fair. And I think that's probably why... I don't know, like people that have watched the show from the beginning are having a harder time, like trying to even envision what it would be about. Because to me, it's still Sex in the City. You can, I'll still keep referring it, you know, as Sex in the City. As will literally everyone in the entire world. Yeah. So like, I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm watching and just like that. Like, no, I'm watching the new Sex in the City. <laughs> also, and just like that, I even though that was a completely new show, it just sounds, doesn't really roll up the tongue. Like, hey, have you seen the latest episode of And Just Like That? <laughs> yeah. It's like adding it. A little like you, that's a show that people only call just like that. You, you drop the end, make it cleaner. Um, yeah, that's what it is. It's making it clunky. Okay, this feels like a good point to take a break. Okay, that's fine with me. Now, Zreen, if you were the writer of Sex in the City, which, by the way, they have revealed their new writer's room, and I was happy to see that they added some much-needed diversity to the writer's room, even if there's not going to be diversity in the main characters. Right. It's good to maybe, have some behind the maybe scenes. Maybe some in the supporting cast. We don't know. True. Hopefully. Anyway, if you were in that writer's room, how would you write Samantha off the show? 
Well, first of all, if I, I, I would just say that it, this is not a good idea and we shouldn't be doing this without Samantha. So my first task would be write her back in. <laughs> but then I think if I was forced to, I don't, I don't really know how you carry a show like Sex and the City without that character. I guess we'll find out. But I think it's funny that the statement that HBO released, according to all of all of HBO, it, all of HBO is behind the statement um, because they're just going to fade her out in the show, which is what we know so far. It says friendships fade and new friendships start. So I think it's all very indicative of the real stages, the actual stages of life. They're trying to tell an honest story about being a woman in her 50s in New York. So it should all feel somewhat organic. And the friends that you have when you're 30, you may not have when you're 50. So we're not going to um, be friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. You gave that the most Carrie Bradshaw narrating Sex in the City read. Well, I mean, that, that's what I was trying to channel. That's what they, I assume they want us to channel with this Friendships bullshit. Friendships change. So do cities. Yeah. But like, the best thing you can learn is the relationship with yourself. Well, it's like when you, you go through a bad breakup and you're like, at least I learn when I don't need. And it's like, okay, it still sucks. Like. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, the bottom line is they're going to say that she slowly drifted apart. And yeah, which is bullshit. That makes sense to me because that's the easiest what? way to not have to talk about her all the time. What? Because Yes, because when you stop I being would friends rather with her be someone... Dead. No, because then they would definitely have to talk about her all the time. Yeah, I'd prefer that. Because then be they like, would force those characters to talk about Samantha, like how they shouldn't be doing this anyway. In the or first like they'd be like looking longingly and be like, Samantha used to love yeah. ch chocolate eggplants. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever it was no i'm sure she would be like it would be something sexual this is her favorite brand of vibrators no also they would just be depressed yeah no okay that's fair you're right you're right you're right but only this one time but if she just left and you know or stayed in la or something i would hate that for her more for samantha like if she stayed in la single I think that's fine, but not. Well, I don't. Like, I don't know if they're gonna have like a full behind the music. Like, here's what Samantha is doing out there. I think it's gonna be like. Seems like they're not. It seems like they want to. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna. They they want to address her as quick as possible, and then be like, okay, forget about it. We're like moving on now. We're fifty. That's it. Like shove her into a corner. Yeah. So like, I think you should, you should take a good look around at the people you're friends with and wonder which ones of them will have faded away by the time you're fifty. I think I know a few. <laughs> I don't know how invested you are in this friendship. Only time will tell. When they reboot our podcast, one of us will be here. I'll be like, Zareen just went on another journey and friendships fade. Well, speaking of going and on... I, and you could play that vitamin C song, the graduation song. Wait, I was just about to make the best segue. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry. Because we were talking both about going on new journeys and about podcasts. How do you feel about the fact that Carrie... They haven't said specifically if her column is defunct and now it's a podcast, but they have said that Carrie is going to have a podcast. What do you think it's going to be about? Sex? Is that a joke? <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I assume it's going to be about both sex and the city. Yeah, I, I guess they're going to... Like a love I mean, line situation. My like God. People call in and ask Carrie Bradshaw for her sex advice. And she's like... And then the end of it, you only see like the bottom half of her face just speaking into a mic and like talking into her podcast about like, well, sometimes lovers, you know, it, it will be interesting to see how she addresses like the topic of like sex and men and women. And now I, f I feel like because things are 
just so different than they were when the show was actually on. So maybe it'll be fun to watch like different kinds of relationships and like like the gang grapples with the concept of sexual fluidity. Fluidity. Yeah, just like it was, you know, how everybody sort of like addressed. I mean, rip to the Samantha. I guess she's not even here, but how you know it was always like she looked down upon the fact that she enjoyed sex and wasn't apologetic about it it was like oh my god this is she's a woman like shh here's do you think this show is going to attract a new generation or a new audience of sex in the city fans so my take on this is no because this show is only available on hbo max to stream like all the episodes and i feel like gen z and younger millennials opt for platforms like netflix so that's why i think like a gray's anatomy and friends and the office were so got so popular because Netflix is in just an easier platform. I don't think a lot of people have. I mean, yes, a lot of people have HBO Max, but I don't think it's 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 a younger. What about the gossip? But the Gossip se. Girl reboot is going to be on HBO Max, so maybe they're going to hook them with the Gossip Girl reboot. Reboot, come for the Gossip Girl. This is a good point. Stay yeah. for the Sex and, the and just like that. Reboot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just like that, all these characters are like much that, older, but you're still in New York City. Oh God. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I feel like maybe that is their way to attract the younger audience. Outside of that, I don't see... I, I don't see anyone that has never seen Sex in the City being like, oh, I can't wait to watch the show. Yeah, no one has been, like, approached me with, like, amazing. I never thought this would happen, and I'm so excited. Right. Most of my friends are like, why are they doing this? I'm still going to watch it. But why are they doing this? I'm like, yeah. I mean, the bar is so low right now for me in terms of, like... <laughs> In turn, like the number one thing I said I wasn't gonna watch, like I'm, I probably still watch it. I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stop watching Riverdale, or like I'm not gonna watch all these Marvel TV shows, and they come out, and you're like, okay, like, well, yeah, we're not doing anything. That's like the problem. So, how do you think they're gonna handle COVID on the show? Well, it's been confirmed that COVID is in fact starring in this show <laughs> with COVID as the <laughs> pandemic. COVID's actually replacing Samantha in the show. That's that's how it's happening. So um, I'm sure they'll like somewhat kind of have the same, you know, script that every other show's had where it's like, it's been really hard and we've been stuck inside and lots of like face shields that I keep, I keep seeing everywhere that are so stupid without the masks. I really hope they put on actual masks and not just do the face shields because... Does, does Manolo Blahnik make face masks? <laughs> they definitely make the shields. Uh, they have to. I feel like it's more on brand. Do you think she's still going to be writing a newspaper column? I actually don't remember if in the I bet she's going to be more like a, a successful author. author. Yeah, that's like sold multiple books now and is thriving. And I don't know, maybe Big Will Be Dead. I don't know. <laughs> so much. Because a large part of that show is also the, the, you know, the revolving door of like men that made it fun. Right. Well, I'm hoping they had so many good guest stars that i think at the very least there will be some good guest stars i don't know what capacity but i think they'll be there sarah jessica parker is so well connected like andy cohen's definitely gonna be on that show Ugh. sorry i just watched like a real housewives of orange county reunion and i am just not that thrilled with andy why what are you doing i don't know i just like don't love that franchise and i keep watching it torture myself because we're not doing anything so here i am well real housewives of new jersey is coming back soon i'm here for that thank, thank god i think that's the best one outside of potomac Potomac is the best franchise everyone sleeps on. Watch it if you don't. I don't. Okay, well, this is, <laughs> this is me telling you to watch it. All right, well, and just like that, 
I think we've come to the end of our breakdown of the Sex and the City reboot, but I see you've prepared a game. Yes. Why don't we take a quick break? And um, when we get back, I'll explain to them what I'm going to make you do. Okay, we're back. So I thought I'd come up with five phrases and I would make you guess whether these lines were actually set on the show or if I just made them up. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Number one, are men in their 20s the new designer drug? Also, I'm going to say these in like a Carrie voice. So. Oh my God, so throwing me off. I was like, is Sarah Jessica Parker talking to me right now? Um, I'm going to go with, that's uh, a line from Sex and the City. Oh, ding, ding, ding. You got it. Designer drug just doesn't seem like a term that's been used in quite some time so okay number two money is power sex is power so therefore getting money for sex is simply an exchange of power you said that in a samantha voice so i'm (laughs) gonna say even though i definitely thought that was going um in the direction of that aubrey plaza line from parks and recreation where she's like money is power and power is pizza i thought it was going to that but um i'm gonna go with an actual line from samantha it is. Man, my voice is too good. It's giving it away. Okay, number three. Was it true? Was monogamy a concept no longer tangible in the new millennium? I'm going to go with fake. Did they make it? I guess they did make it to the new millennium. The show's from the 1900s, by the way. Um, I'm going to go with you made that up. I did make <laughs> it up, but they do went mention the word millennium multiple times. I know. Times. After, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, I guess this really was like during the whole Y2K. They definitely talked about Y2K. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I'm sure they will. You'll get there. Big surprises. I'll get there. Okay, next one. How many people are having great sex with people we're too ashamed to introduce to our friends? That sounds like a line from the show. You're right. (laughs) Damn, you're good at this. (laughs) Okay, the last one, short and sweet. Is marriage a cult? Wait, that's a line from, sounds like it's a line from something, but I think it's not sex in the city. So I think you made it up. I did not make it up. It is. They do say it. Okay, so you only made up one. You only made up one. Well, yeah, because all these sound so insane. That's lazy. Whatever. The other. I just wanted to say designer. Are men in their twenties the new designer? I actually thought the last one was from the show, but just based on like the laws of logic, I was like, surely she made up more than one of these. No, you got me there. City. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. I guess I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah, I highly suggest it is fun. Also, the fashion is still very fun. And I assume it will be fun. And just like that, also. I know. Well, now they got to get, um, you know, their clothing back from Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Emily in Paris called. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Maybe it'll be less outrageous, but you never know. Um, all right. Well, as we end every episode... It's time for the burning question, and it's your turn, even though uh, you just asked me so many burning questions. Well, another one for you. Okay. Would you rather date a guy that ends up breaking up with you on a post-it or a guy that fakes being Matt Damon's agent throughout the entirety of your relationship? Um, I mean, that could be the same guy. <laughs> yeah, but they're... <laughs> They could be the same guy, but they're not. Do I get to break up with Matt Damon when I find out he's not really Matt Damon's agent? Mm, I'm always going to pick sure. the one where I have the upper hand and I end. If, if the relationship ends one way or the other, then I choose Matt Damon agent. Okay. Well, that person was 
Keith Travers, and he was played by Vince Vaughn. I don't. I, don't I remember um, <laughs> Burger. Um, yeah, this one was uh, Vince Vaughn. He played. He pretended to be Matt Damon's agent and like kept taking her to all these like fancy things, but he was just a big con artist. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I'm gonna have to definitely gonna have to rewatch. In the meantime, but also you'd pick a sociopath. <laughs> I'm trying to end the episode and you're still going. This is the problem. I just think. DJ Play Labels of Love, performed by Fergie from the original <laughs> motion picture soundtrack of Sex and the City, the movie. Oh, that's great. That's an excellent song choice. Excellent song choice. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Have something to share? Email us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Not Over It is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch, and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening.